listeners and welcome to our new show totem we're gonna kick off with the czech producer mikim this is his track downtown advice You rap a man, you not be killing 
That's right, girls and boys, Badger Radio is back. We got a new show with me, Freddie Drabble, called Totem. In true Artful Badger style, Totem brings you fabulous listeners, the best dancing music from across the planet, both old and new. At times even ancient. But it doesn't stop there. We're going to be researching a wide range of holistic performance and musical practices and interviewing their fabulous proponents. And with the help of our magical Badger Totem, we're aiming to get to the bottom of the mysteries of the human soul. And to access the infinite joy and abundance, we believe it is our earth-born right and responsibility to enjoy. So honouring Artful Badger's beginnings offering dance meditation workshops, today's show is all about dance meditation. So all the tracks you're going to hear today are used by facilitators in these healthy rave-ups and dance meditations. We're going to be interviewing one of London's favourite facilitators, Christian de Sousa, to try and understand better why this practice is taking young Londoners that like to boogie by storm. We're also going to be speaking to anthropologist and dance meditator Sean Sullivan about the indigenous roots of trance dance and how similar these are to these modern dance meditations. So sit back, strap in and get ready for a foot-tapping ride through our undeniable need to dance. Next up, Tamakun, from the Mexican geniuses of rhythm, Rodrigo and Gabriela.
Trance dance has a history as old as humanity itself, in traditions that develop separately all across the world. In the 20th century, we've seen the development of multiple schools of dance meditation, ecstatic dance and trance dance, including Gabrielle Ross' Five Rhythms, Vin Marty's Soul Motion, Wilbur Alex's Trance Dance, Biodancer and the School of Movement Medicine. For those interested in this field, there is loads to choose from. So today on Totem, we're asking two simple questions. What is trance dance? And why is it becoming so popular again? Unsurprisingly, the range of music used in these dance meditations is infinitesimal and depends completely on the facilitator. So shop around for a class that has a range of music that really gets you moving and going deep. At the Alpha Badger, we're all about diversity. So here we offer a complete cross-section to give you the full spectrum. For me, some jump-up fun tracks to get me in the mood is essential. This one from the Knees Up Balkan festival legend Slam Marie with Bolt to the Future.
fairly quickly in the dance meditation process, things start to get a bit deeper and start building to a crescendo. So now we're gonna hear a New Zealand instrumental band called Shocking Pinks with the expanding head band version of Cutout released on their 2008 album, Emily.
It's time to hear from the first of our very special guests today, Christian D'Souza. He made his name as a dance music and documentary photographer at the turn of the century, and after a series of meaningful experiences, was drawn to the teacher training of Gabrielle Ross' Five Rhythms Dance technique. He's since become one of UK's most loved and appreciated facilities, leading groups of over 100 dancers at his Sweaty Thursdays open groups in Vauxhall, London. Christian, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time out to speak to us. How are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for um, inviting me on. It's our pleasure. So today on Totem, Christian, we're trying to get to the bottom of this ecstatic dance meditation. What is it? Why has it become so popular in our modern Western culture? And what are the benefits? As you were the one to introduce the entire field to me, and you've got such a pragmatic way with words, I thought you'd be the right person to introduce this practice to our listeners. Many of us, whilst loving to let it all go on the dance floor, may never have done this outside of a party. So an opportune place to start before trying to answer these questions, maybe how you came across the practice in the first place. Where were you at in your life at the time? And what was the irresistible draw to the practice? Uh, yeah, well, basically, for me, it took a little while to track this thing down. I'd heard rumours of it when I was in Brighton. I was living in Brighton. I was a student. I was uh, doing quite a lot of raving, going to clubs and free parties. And then I heard this thing about this thing called wave dancing. And it was a sort of mysterious thing where there was no drink, no drugs. And it was the early evening, but everyone really went for it and got really sweaty. And it was a really great dance. And it sounded pretty good, um, but I'd never managed to track it down. <laughs> And then a couple of years later, I was living in London, moved up to London, I was living in Brixton and happened to find an article in a magazine. And so I went to Sue Ricards' class in North London, Tufnell Park. And yeah, basically, which is a really fluffy class, really nice, friendly community. And so quite different to the, to the kind of club and the racing. But what I really loved about it was that it was really all about the dancing and there was full permission to just really go for it. Um, and what I also really loved about it was that there was a real diversity of different music, different energies, different, you know, there was the peak euphoric um, big release of the big dance, but there was also more subtle kind of choir meditative stuff, which for me connected to the fact that I've been doing Tai Chi a lot. And so I'd been practicing those other kind of movementations. And, and in this, in the five rhythms, it was suddenly there was everything. It was the whole thing. So, yeah, oh. so for me, it was like, I just, it was like I'd come at home, you know, straight away. I was like, oh, this is home. And how long did it take you then to, to become a practicing facilitator? Uh, uh, it was a good few years. I mean, I never really thought about actually becoming a teacher. The only reason I did the teacher training with Gabrielle Roth was because I wanted to work with her. And it was sort of the most advanced level stuff. And I'd done all the other workshops with her and I. So, and I was working as a photographer at that time. And I was using the five rooms as a creative tool, really, because it's it's an amazing practice. And all, all, many of these other practices that are similar to the five rooms, also with medicine and soul motion and other things, they're not just a map to movement, but they're also a map to the energy and to how human beings work. So I was working as a photographer and I was using it a lot in my shoots when I was going out um, doing work to, to, to kind of follow and find how the dance, if you like, of taking photographs and doing my work was. So I went off to work with Gabrielle as an artist wanting to explore that. And then it was only kind of halfway through the training when there was, you know, it was like, you know, doing practice classes, they were asking us to do this, that, that and the other. And I thought, oh, go on, I'll do a class, I'll do a class. And um, and then, because it was about music, and I'd always been working a lot with music, and as a photographer, I was working with music media, and so it was an opportunity to DJ, and I kind of loved it and did it for that reason. And then it's all mushroomed quite rapidly, but very organically, 
And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, that's what I was doing. You know? so, so I'm still a photographer, but the, but the dance teaching is what takes up more of my time. So, Christian, for those of us who haven't tried it, though, yeah. this kind of practice, can you give us a general idea of what a typical ecstatic dance class includes, just to give the listeners an idea of what they might be getting themselves into? Okay, so basically, um, your average swim class will be a couple of hours long. Usually, we start with a warm-up, so people will arrive, the music will be quite quiet, kind of stretch, take a little bit of time to get the body moving. Then, over a half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that, people will warm up, the tempo of the music will build gradually. Then, there'll be a middle part of the session where the facilitator might do a bit of teaching, might give some simple exercises, talk a bit about practice, and, and then the second half uh, uh, will be, we'll just go on a journey. We'll go, if it's five rhythms class, for example, go through the five rhythms, go through a wave, which we call so flowing, staccato, chaos, lyrical stillness, which are all basically gateways into movement, different kinds of movement. And um, yeah, and it's, so it's kind of a journey each time. It's an exploration. You can't really get it wrong. You can't get it right. It's just, you know, dancing. It's dancing, but it's, the focus is really on movement. At, Times people will be dancing on their own. At times, the facilitator might invite people to dance together. Um, that might involve eye contact, maybe not. Um, sometimes in little groups. Sometimes the whole circle will, you know, dance at one point. And you know, you just we just kind of see where we go. You know, the energy is always different. The music will, will depend on who's holding the space. It's there's a huge variety and diversity of things that happen, but it's with a simple kind of completion. Um, little rich like with something really simple fantastic so it, we often hear in this field people talking about the dance as if it was something different from the normal idea of dancing in what way do you think if it, it does differ if at all uh well yeah it's funny isn't it we talk about the dance um i guess that's something from when we engage with dancing as a meditation practice um it becomes we realize that there's this, it becomes something quite big and quite vast and it becomes this presence in your life. I, mean, it's, I don't want to sound culty, but um, it's, it's like you know, these metaphors of life is a dance and, and actually when we're tuned into that, when we're tuned into the practice of dancing as a, as a process of conscious awareness and conscious tuning into the ecstatic possibility of being a human, then the dance becomes something quite big. Um, so I guess that's how that linguistic thing has, has emerged. But, but yeah, we, we, we do dancing and then there is the dance. It sounds... They're, they're the same thing. Really. It definitely sounds a little bit different to, you know, popping down the pub and having a boogie by the jukebox. Well, I don't know, maybe, but not really, you know, because what is dancing? It's just, it's just moving our bodies and, you know, feeling good. It's like, that's why people, you know, that's why people dance, right? It's just, it feels good and, you know, you like the music. Music rhythm has this deep, deep capacity to, to move our bodies, to help get us responding in that way. And whether it's, you know, Friday night down the pub with the jukebox or whether it's like a, a deep sort of shamanic tribal process, uh, it's kind of the same thing, you know. And, and in a way, it traces back to our... I mean, this is a little bit of a cliche, but it traces back to our roots as human beings that you know, way, way back across all cultures and traditions, pretty much, um, we've danced and we've used rhythm and we've used song as a way of coming together and of connecting and of, of you know, connecting to ourselves, connecting to each other, connecting to something higher, uh, something bigger. Of like, which, what, what is that? It's just being alive. And I think 
uh, even just down the pub on a Friday night with the jukebox, that's the same thing. Um, and I know for me, it was like, well, that's why I used to get it because that's all that was available. Um, and then I found, you know, this meditation practice and it was, the whole thing became bigger. Absolutely. You've touched on a few points already, but if I were to give you the almost impossible task of describing what it is that we experience whilst practicing dance meditation. Impossible, I know, as it varies so much from day to day, never mind from individual to individual. But but how would you try and describe it? Well, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, uh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's primarily a physical, first and foremost, it's a physical experience it's about tuning into the sensations in my body about moving my muscles my joints and just experiencing that putting my attention on that which you know i spend a lot of time in my head i spend a lot of time thinking and you know being on a computer and stuff like this so so practicing movement practicing that kind of meditation just reminds me that I actually the body is fundamental and there's this whole amazing world of sensation so first of all it's just tuning into that getting physical moving enjoying the music breathing and for me it's like the, the basics are really body and breath which kind of equates to right we live on the planet we're physical beings and we breathe and you know the air gives us access to the space above us the sky which is infinite possibility and then there's rhythm and rhythm just gives patterns of movement gives uh, pathways that we can follow and traverse into into movement, whatever that might be. And sometimes it's like a dance. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm dancing. Sometimes it's just like I'm moving my body and it could be all sorts of things going on. Um, and then there's also this thing about the flow. There's this thing about just fluid being. And, uh, and I know that for me, it's like, that's when I know I can, I'm really connected is when I'm dropping into just a way of being fluid in a physical way. So my body's fluid, but then also in a mental way and an emotional way that I can do things and just just keep moving. So it's time for a short break for some music now, so don't go away. Christian's background in dance music has led him to use loads of cutting-edge electronic music of all genres during his classes. This track is one of Christian's faves from the French house producer Joris Delacroix from his album Room With A View on World Lab Records.
huge benefits, you've been one of the Artful Badger's main mentors since our inception, offering five rhythms, ecstatic dance meditation workshops at Secret Garden in 2009. One of the principles that really appealed to all of us at that time was to bring this practice to the rave crowd uh, that seemed to have the same intentions of letting go and expressing themselves freely, but were getting there via an escapist and hedonistic route rather than through a guided practice. Do you still feel this practice can offer a healthier route to that same freedom that's just as fun? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, I think it's all, it's all the same thing, really. It's just different places on the spectrum. <laughs> between, I once did a project called the Zero Zone, which was an exploration photographically of ecstatic dance, with one side being hedonism and one side being meditation. And I suppose that's always been a, a polarity that has interested me which is that, um, you know, when we're raving, it's a, it's a hedonistic building out of ourselves and into that ecstatic space in whatever way that we choose, you know, and whatever tools we use. And then, you know, in conscious practices like the Five Rhythms of Mood Medicine and, and other practices, we, we, there's just a different pathway. Um, and my personal experience is that uh, um, it's more sustainable and more healthy and more more um, enduring to that meditational pathway um, because you know I'm looking after my body and uh, I'm, I can remember what's happened after I've done it and <laughs> in all sorts of ways it, it's just more sustainable and it's you know um, but I, I have no you know I have no I have no judgment on on hedonism and as a as a as a route into the dance um, I spent many years using that pathway and I think it's really valid you know. And I think both are complementary. You know, there's something about dancing all night in an unfacilitated space to like a really wicked DJ that um, is really it's really important to do that. You know, whether you use um, stimulants or not. Um, and, but I think there's also something really useful and valid about um, working in a facilitated space and using these kind of these maps to to go deeper into the dance and to and also. What they do is that they, you know, the maps and the practices, they help us keep moving at the points when, when we reach the, our edges. So for me, that's the whole point of them in a way, is that they take us to the edge and then we keep moving. Whereas I think when you're raving and when you're in hedonism, you know, the definition of hedonism is the search for pleasure. Um, so in that kind of context, when it stops being pleasurable, we tend to either kind of botch another pill or you know, walk off the dance floor or do something different or, you know, find a different tent in the festival or uh, change pack in order to find another way of back to the high. And in meditational practice, it's like the opposite approach to the edge is we kind of go, oh, that's interesting. Suddenly I've got some resistance or suddenly I'm, I'm not feeling ecstatic anymore. And so then we use the techniques to go, to stay with the rhythm and to stay with dance and to try and get inside. Like, why is that going on? What's that, you know, on a personal or a cult or a psychological or whatever it is level, what's going on there and how could I dance through it? How could I dance through it? And, and what we find is that somewhere in that process, there's the possibility of some kind of alchemy. Um, you know, that we, if, you, if you keep riding through that, uh, uh, you can kind of come out the other side and, and, and there there's a possibility for real transformation. There's a possibility for real um, enduring change and, and, and growth, you know, personal growth, human growth. Um, and that yeah. works on the personal level for the dancer as an individual. And it also works in re relationship and in the kind of connections that you can have together on the dance floor with other people. And it works with the community as well. It's like, you know, community of people that dance together for many years, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff goes on and, and we learn and we evolve and we grow and, and we come up against edges that keep dancing. 
Fantastic. So yeah, you know, there's there's lots in that, but I think I, I, I personally would like to stay away from a you know a polarization of you know conscious practice good, raving bad, or like raving good, conscious practice hard, or <laughs> whatever it might be. It's like it's all the same thing. Absolutely. Christian, your Sweaty Thursdays open groups in London are famous for their huge crowds and pumping modern electronic music. How important have you found it in your development as a facilitator that you use such a huge range of modern and electronic music rather than the more new age music often associated with these kind of holistic practices? Uh, Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, I do use a diversity of music, so I I do play instrumental music as well as electronic stuff, but I'm... my personal preference and taste is i mean i just love electronic music it just really does it for me so so in a way when i came into this world of the practice the five rhythms as it was then um i was "Mm, how would this be if we brought this to the kind of music that i'm familiar with from dj culture uh and at the time as i mentioned earlier i was working as a photographer and working for a lot of these magazines and um so I had this, it, for me, it was like there was about building a bridge between the two scenes, between the two worlds. Electro music just has this extraordinary power. And, you know, and it's based around rhythm. And, but, you know, these days, you know, the production of some music is just so extraordinary. And it's so deep that um, I find it really helps in just really getting inside of the dance and to, to use electronic music, good quality, deep electronic sounds, you know, of whatever genre, and I do mix it up quite a lot. Um, but also, and also mixing, you know, and also having a having a fluid continuum mm. where, you know, it's not just this track, then change, and then that track. And um, it's like, that's what DJ culture brings and offers is the, the continuum of just staying with the groove. Mm. And that works really well when you marry it with some of the structures of the fire rhythms and, and movement medicine. Absolutely. Christian, um, thank you so much for this short insight. I know you are incredibly busy with projects flying around in all different directions. What have you got coming up that the listeners might be interested in? Our sort of uh, weekly little get-together is Sweaty Thursdays in Vauxhall, um, which is every week, 7.30 till 9.30 in a big church called St. Peter's Church in Vauxhall. And then also we do kind of ongoing groups and longer sessions weekend just check the website it's dancingtao.net dancingtao.net and there's loads of other classes around you know london especially but all over the uk and internationally there's five rhythms classes movement medicine classes um so the best thing is definitely just to try a dropping class just first of all and and also just to try different teachers because people have different, very different styles and different um, ways of holding the space and different music taste. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see anybody Badger related, um, of course, uh, in the church, in Vauxhall or anywhere else. Christian, a massive thank you from us all for joining us on the show. We've now got a much better idea of the basics of dance meditation and I'm sure you're going to be seeing some of our listeners at your Sweaty Thursday sessions in Vauxhall from 7.30 to 9.30 on a Thursday evening. For more details of that class, please visit Christian's website, dancingdao.net. That's dancingdao, T-A-O, at the end, dancingdao.net, as in the Chinese sense. Stay tuned to our next shows to hear more from Christian, as we're going to be interviewing about his fantastic book, Postcards of Babylon, which follows his photographic search for meaning and soul in our materially rich but spiritually desolate society. Music from the underground, only on Badger Radio.
fascinating stuff from Christian there. Thank you so much to him. I really cannot recommend his work highly enough. Um, he really goes very, very deep into all kinds of different aspects of life, not just the dance. So get yourselves down to Sweaty Thursdays and give it a try. Another of his favorites now for you electronic music heads out there. This is from the German producer Gabriel Ananda. This is his 2006 track on Treepstoff, Bass Machine.
Mali from their 2004 album Dimanche à Bamako. special guest, Sean Sullivan. We're extremely lucky to have Sean on the show. She's an anthropologist who works as Professor of Environment and Culture at Bar Spa University. She's conducted ethnographic fieldwork on the people-landscape relationships with the Damara people in northwest Namibia, has experienced healing dances there and with the sand dancers in the Kalahari, as well as healing ceremonies with shamans in Ecuador. In her early life, she trained professionally as a classical dancer and more recently has trained in dance as a healing practice through the School of Movement Medicine. Sean, welcome to Totem and thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm very well today, Freddie, and thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We've heard from Christian a broad conception of what is dance meditation in the modern sense. But I wanted to ask more about the ancient indigenous roots of trance dance. It strikes me that if we can understand the reasons our ancestors used these practices, we might understand better why so many of our generation are being brought back uh, or drawn back, should we say, to the dance. In my limited research, there's evidence of trance dance traditions in indigenous communities across the entire planet. Uh, North American Indians, the Inuit of Alaska, Australia and the South Pacific, all of Africa, Amazonia and across South and Central America, ancient Greece, Spain, Italy, Persia. I mean, the list just goes on and on. So, Sean, despite the difficulty in generalizing about indigenous cultures, do you think you could try and sum up the basic features of trance dance traditions in indigenous culture? And perhaps more importantly, um, the intentions and reasons they do it? Well, I think the core reason is for healing. And uh, I can only really comment on dance practices and the healing dances of Khoisan peoples. Um, these are a connected spectrum of peoples living historically throughout Southern Africa who all speak languages character characterized by click consonants. Mm. And the reason why I think um, it's relevant to engage with this is that arguably um, their ancestors are where we all came from. Um, in this context, dances are very much associated with healing and uh, healing is associated with ideas about the good movement and alignment of energy in the body 
and also socially in social situations. Mm. Um, and the key way into working with this alignment is through shaking. And you find shaking as a body practice happening in many different contexts. I mean, more recently in, Euro in Europe, you found it with the Quakers originally. Uh, so I think this aspect is something very important to, um, to grasp the way in which shaking um, is, in a sense, the sort of um, underlying movement practice in Khoisan uh, cultural healing dances. Hmm. Your specialization is in, as you said, the tribes of the Namibian desert, particularly the Damara Nukwen. Tell us in a bit more detail about their trance dance tradition and why did the practice evolve and, and how come it's lasted for so long? Presumably the healing worked. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't really say how it originally arose other than to comment that it seems to be connected with uh, the nervous system and the way that we are made up physiologically. And which is why I want to emphasize this, uh, the, the, the practice of um, shaking. Um, it's, you, you can see this shaking practice as a way of becoming resonant through the body uh, with the movement of energy and it's this that allows uh, healing to occur. Mm. So if I, if I can just describe this because as a kind of core movement practice that underlies um, healing in these contexts, Shaking is based on very small uh, vibrational movements of the body and thus of the move of the nervous system. Um, you might think of it as being akin to the fluttering of butterfly wings or the shaking of leaves as the wind rustles through the trees. Mm -hmm. And uh, you might say that through shaking, a healer becomes resonant with the movement of energy of energy that permeates life more generally. And it's through this vibrational energy that a healer is able to see where illness lies in another's body mm. um, and then they're able to work with that body to pull out sickness and realign the movement of energy um, and I want to emphasize this because we're talking here about commonalities and differences perhaps between ecstatic dance movement practice in the West as it's arising now and uh, dance movement practices for healing in indigenous contexts. And I think it's you know important to notice that there are connections and then there are also differences. So do you think that the, these insights into indigenous trance dance culture can teach us about our own desire to pursue dance meditation and movement medicine practices? I think it can. Now, I think we can learn a lot from these contexts. Um, in the West, currently, as you say, there's um, a, a sort of movement towards ecstatic trance dancing as a way of becoming more embodied, um, as a way of finding oneself. Find it. We often talk about finding one's own dance. And uh, I think this is extremely important in the West where um, there's been such a sort of break between mind and body as a result of the uh, Enlightenment process. Um, so in modern culture... Mistakenly we, called the Enlightenment, in my opinion, because it's almost <laughs> the opposite, the unenlightenment. Yeah, well, it's whatever you want to call it, it had a very, it's had a very um, important impact. So 
getting back into the body, finding one's feet on the ground, becoming more embodied, becoming more earthed, if you like, is of course extremely um, important as a healing uh, process in and of itself in the West. But in uh, indigenous contexts, we're not necessarily talking about people who have become disembodied. So uh, in these contexts, the movement practices that you find are, I think, less about free movement and finding one's own dance. Um, they're more about a kind of uh, uh, directed, intentional um, process that allows uh, healing practices that are set within particular cultural contexts to um, arise in those and be possible in those contexts. Fascinating stuff, Sean. Thank you so much. We're going to take a short break for some music now, and we'll be back with Sean in a minute. Um, this one is thanks to the fantastic network being shared on Giles Peterson worldwide. Hit up his SoundCloud page to be kept in touch with all new things, world, funk, soul, electrofusion. The range is massive and of a very high quality. Um, Bongwana Star, uh, they're a newly formed band from Kinshasa and Congo. Mongwana meaning change. This is Shegwe out now on World Circuit. Bye. 
So, Sean, what about our youth rave culture? Uh, I know you've done some research into the similarities between the meditative states reported in both indigenous trance dancers and electronic rave music dancers. Do you think it's possible that our modern rave culture grew out of this sort of ancient visceral need to dance vigorously that was just no longer satisfied by our community culture? Um, well, I think the need arises because we all have a body and a, um, our body wants to move. It wants to explore space. It wants to explore, explore interaction with each other. And uh, it wants to um, explore the possibility for energetic states that take us into the experience of a sense of connection with each other and uh, with the world more broadly. Um, I remember when I was doing a lot of raving, we would talk about coming up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, of course, this is extremely important, that raising of the energy. And as you come up, you suddenly go beyond uh, the sense of ego self. It's like the ego becomes collapsed and uh, you have an um, expanded sense of self, of self, the feeling of empathy with other people. And I think... Uh, this sense of um, what, well, Bradford Keeney calls it the big love. And uh, the sense of the big love is where healing um, is able to, to happen. But do you think there was a lack of that prior to what became known as the underground rave movement? I mean, what, was there a lack before this, this modern music culture evolved? Well... There was certainly a hunger for it because uh, it became so uh, popular. I'm not so sure there was exactly a lack because there have been other dance music uh, scenes that happened prior to that. I mean, you know, thinking about things like the Charleston or the Swinging Sixties and... Uh, and jazz itself was, was yeah, a huge liberator, yes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I'd say that all of these things, in particular historical moments, moments meet the desire that people have to move and to move with each other. Um, but the dance music scene that happened sort of from the late, the mid to late 80s onwards, obviously was able to use technology, uh, new technology in uh, different ways to generate different sorts of music. And the, the important thing about that music is that um, it engenders states of trance in a way very similar to the uh, kind of rhythmic polyphonic sounds that are used in contexts like uh, San healing dances in the Kalahari. So I think it's that, that that kind of creates the possibility for dance movement that's resonant with the music and with the, the whole kind of sonic fields that uh, dancers are within that helps to um, generate these feelings of empathy and openness and connection, which we're so hungry for. Among Artful Badger's intentions, is the desire to bring that possibility of fulfilment through the dance by less escapist means than rave cultures tended to use, namely dissociative drugs, alcohol, late nights, high volume and unhealthy lifestyle. Do you have any comments or advice for our listeners, given your research and experience into the more earthy, indigenous versions of these healing dances? Mm, yes, that's a really good question. Um, I personally don't have judgments about the use of substances such as MDMA in rave culture, um, although I do lament that uh, the contexts in which people are taking these substances often are quite unsafe. Um, but substances like this can act like keys uh, that sort of surprise 
the pattern self into new experiences and different forms of perceptual awareness. And I think that sensitizing perceptual awareness towards deeper empathy and resonance with other people and with nature beyond the human is, of course, extremely important uh, in today's world. At the same time, with you, I would caution that uh, substances can have their own sort of addictive agency. Um, so the line for me is where instead of becoming a tool for engendering healing, uh, their consumption becomes an end in itself. Um, what I would say is that one can reach states of ecstatic perception, the big love, if you like, through simple body practices and directed intention without consuming anything. Um, and I would certainly support practices that, uh, that enable um, those experiences without the consumption of substances that can be toxic. Did you personally, uh, whilst doing Five Rhythms or any other of these, these fantastic practices, have an experience as uplifting and an extraordinary in oh, the dance? Fre frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, frequently. My, myself and also. I, and I would say uh, last year I spent uh, several evenings dancing with Zhu Kwansi San in, in uh, northeast Namibia. And uh, some of the experiences I had in those contexts were beyond anything probably that I've experienced uh, in contexts of, of rave and, and so on. Thank you, Sean. You've offered us exactly the background um, on indigenous practice that I wanted to get closer to the thinking behind our modern dance meditations. Uh, but I know your work stretches far further than this area. What are you working on at the moment and why is it such an important topic for your students? Ah, thank you. Um, actually, I'm at the moment I'm involved with uh, a research project that's taken me back um, to West Namibia. And uh, one of the particular angles that I'm exploring is something that started for me quite a long time ago. But I'm working with uh, local people to um, map and find places where they used to live in a context where they uh, were basically evicted from land areas several decades ago. So I'm working with uh, elderly people to uh, kind of recover their childhood memories of um, places that they lived in and, and uh, grew up in. And uh, it's very beautiful work because um, I'm able to go back with them into landscapes that in some cases they haven't been uh, able to go to for, for many years and uh, potentially quite emotional as well yeah yeah very emotional in, uh, uh, in some cases but uh, actually recording their stories and um, their memories of how they used to live in these contexts is extremely powerful I think Thank you so much for joining us on Totem, Sean, and all the best with your new projects. Thank you also to the birds there uh, singing ecstatically for us in the background. <laughs> you, can check, you can check with our ongoing research into nature, culture, and capitalism at www.shansullivan.net. So now let's hear a short clip from Sean's recordings from last year with the Kalahari San people. Perhaps this can give us an image of the shaking that she's describing.
So I've been developing a healthy obsession for Fortet remixes of late. And they suit very well the slower parts towards the end of these dance meditation waves, as Gabrielle calls them. This one is a Caribou remix from their 2007 track Melody Day on Gatefold Records. Fortet really are the perfect remix artists for Caribou style. Enjoy. Melody Day, what have I done? Oh. Now our hearts are locked up tight again. And when I pray, it's all begun. And when you smile, it melts away again. So wonderful listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the dance meditation special on Totem as much as I have. Totem's going to be coming out every spring and autumn, so keep a keen eye on the Artful Badger Facebook, SoundCloud and Twitter to hear of our new podcasts. In the meantime, I'll leave you with one of the deepest and most moving tracks I think I've ever heard, from the Canadian artist La Sada Sela, from her 1997 album La La Ronna. Inspired from the Mexican legend of the weeping wife of Quetzalcoatl, which Lassa links to the pain of the indigenous peoples of the Americas as the conquistadors come in and take over their countries. This is De Cara a la Pacenda. See you soon.
Here